Like I said, 24a, Chavdalad Amun Aleph. How high was the was the fire and which direction was it? I'm not sorry, not how high was the fire. How high was the moon in the sky and to which direction was it pointing? Tana Chada, one Tana taught in Litzvaina, he says to the north, Dvar of Kayaman. Then we accept his words. Litzvaina, if he says it was towards the south, Loyamaklum, he has not said anything. But Tanya, we learned in Abraisa, the exact opposite. If he says to the south, we accept his words. If he says to the north, we don't accept his words. It's very simple. The question is, are we talking about the rainy season? In other words, in the winter. We're talking about in the, the summer season, in the dry season, right? So if the new moon, we know where the new moon always comes. The new moon is always going to come up in the west. However, in the summer months, the sun sets in the northwest. In the winter months, it sets in the southwest, the sun. So then the, the moon is going to be south of the sun in the summer months, and it'll be north of the sun in the winter months. One of them says is is a plow handle, right? I guess that was a common measurement that people would be able to guesstimate. Another one says, when I saw it, it was three. Their, their testimony is accepted because it's not so far away from each other. One of them says three, and one of them says five. Then their ethos is buckle. However, each one of them can still join in with another witness who's testified that it was at the same height at the same time. In other words, it's a little bit interesting, right? See, one person says that we saw it at the same time. And it was 8.45 at night. One of them says it was three, one of them says it was five. We don't say that both of them are buckle. If either person has someone else who says the same testimony as them, we'll, we'll put their testimony together. We learned in Abraisa. We saw it in water. We saw it reflected in Ashashas, like a glass thing. We saw it through the clouds. And there's no testimony. See, half of it was a reflection, half of it was real. Half of it was in the clouds. This happens in the glass. Then you don't give testimony. Well, if only if if when they they saw all of it, they still can't testify. Then if they saw half of it, of course they can't testify. So the Gemara is a little confused now. The Gemara thinks that they mean to say that they saw half of it. The only part that they saw is one half, and that one half was a reflection. Well, that shouldn't be enough. And then the Gemara is going to answer. This is what we can say. They saw half of it in the water, half of it in the sky. Half of it in the clouds, half of it in the sky. Half of it in the glass reflection, and half of it in the sky. Even so, they can't testify. And that is certainly a better situation than when they saw it all in the lantern or the glass and all in the water, all in the cloud. They saw it once, but then they didn't see it again. Amy didn't love it. They can't testimony because they can't be. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? What, what do you want? They have to just keep on looking at it the entire time and be able to see it the entire time? Why should that be? I'm going to buy it. Bayez says, this is what you have to explain. This is what the, the halachas teach you. We saw it happenstance. And then we later came back to look for it in very specific with the intent see it and be able to record exactly what the situation was so that we'd be able to give proper testimony about it. The lady knew and then we were not able to see it. Amy didn't know them. They cannot give testimony. My time, what's the reason? Amer, we have to say, they only saw what is called a kavisa deiva, like a, a cloud that was a circular shaped cloud that ended up having an appearance of them. It's like the next Mishnah. Reish Bezdin Aimer Makodesh. First, the head of the Bezdin says, it is a position 
that because this is something that is based on the authority of the entire Jewish people, the Jewish people are supposed to sanctify the new moon. And we have the power of actually declaring the new moon. And when we declare the new moon, then that's it. It becomes the, the new moon. And we have the power to declare when the Mo'adim, when the times of meeting places with Hashem in, in space and in time, we have the power to declare when they should be. So the Rosh Bezdin is the head of the highest court, and he is, is the, as a ceremonial idea, he is the one who has to declare Mikdash first. And then after that, each one of the people, they all declare Mikdash, Mikdash, it is sanctified, it is sanctified. Whether they saw it at the proper time period, whether they saw it in the not proper time period, Mikdash, I say. In any, any case, either way, they're allowed to sanctify it. And says, in if it's not seen during its proper time, in then they don't sanctify it. Because Hashem has already, the, the heavens have already made it sanctified. So if it has not yet been seen, then you don't have to worry about, about um, actually sanctifying it the next day, because we already know that it's impossible that it could have gone past day 31. So how do you know that the Rosh Bezdin starts? And Moshe spoke of the appointed seasons of Hashem. From here we see that it is up to the Reish Bezdin, who is the, the, um, the successor, so to speak, of Moshe Rabbeinu, as the head of the court, to declare Mikudash. And all of the people say afterwards, Mikudash, Mikudash, it is sanctified, it is sanctified. Minolan, how do we know this? Amar Papa, Amar Krav Papa says, it says in the Pasik, that you will proclaim them. Kari be atem. So don't read it as osam, right? With the with the, an osam with the cholem. Rather, it is atem, as if ignoring the cholem in between. In which case, atem it means you, right? You plural. So all of you have to play a role. So on the one hand, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu is the one to declare it. On the other hand, it says we have this drush of atem that you should all be involved, right? Even these are my mayadim, which means it implies to say that the implication is that they will say my seasons. Mikudash, mikudash, it is holy, it is holy. Why do we need to say mikudash, mikudash twice? As it's written, mikroi kaidesh, holy convocations in the plural. If it's not seen at the time when we would expect to see it, then we do not sanctify it. Tanya, we learned in a verse, if it's seen at its time, we don't sanctify it. If it's not seen at its time, then we indeed do sanctify it. Lezer says, whether they see it, whether it's the proper time or not the proper time, we don't sanctify it. Shinema says, you only are supposed to say Mikudash on the years, but not on the months. Allah follows the opinion of We also had an idea to this in the Brisa. Bezdin and all of Kali Israel see it on day 30. And the Edom have been tested and try to figure out are they telling the truth or not. But they did not have time for Bezdin to say, Mikudash is holy. Until it's gotten dark. The month is automatically going to be extended to a 30 day month. in the implication is that it's extended, but it is not sanctified. Moreover, it's strictly. The Gemara says, no, it's not a 
maybe the Chedesh over here is not that you don't say Mekadash. Indeed, you would say Mekadash that it is holy. The Chedesh over here is that you, you, that even, that it becomes an extended month. What might I have thought to say? Since Bezdin and all of Klal Yisrael sees the new moon, if everybody already saw the new moon, then everybody, by, by default, has already become publicized, and there's no reason for them to actually turn it into a, a longer month. That even so, they should actually still turn it into an Ibra month. The most had images of the different um, phases of the moon. Actual uh, images of them. The tabla of a case of aliyase. He had this on a tabla and on the wall in his aliyah in his uh, in the attic. Shabahen mara said yeitasim. People don't really understand. But anybody would say to them hakazeri isa ikazeh. So this mishnah is really a continuation of the previous mishnah. The previous mishnah, not previous right right prior, but before that one, had said that we asked them, was it how high was it? What did it look like? But Rabbi Gamliel said, listen, sometimes people come in and they mamish, they, they they're not going to be able to explain it all. So I need to actually show them a picture. And say, what did it look like this? Right? I can't try to describe it as the bow, the sun. Don't make it confusing. Just set up the diorama, so to speak, and ask them, was well, this what it looked like? Well, Mishari, the Gemara here also asks, Bhaksev, it's written in the Torah, Le Sasun Eti, you shall not make with Hashem gods. Lo Tasun, Kidmushimshi. And we understand that this means don't just make someone who is like Hashem. Also, don't make a representation of the luminaries. And the moon is certainly a luminary. The Torah only forbids the, the types of his Shamashin, uh, the servants, which is possible to actually make copies like them. The person should not make a house in the form of the temple. Al-Sadra Tavnas Ulam, or an Al-Sadra, a portico in the form of the, of the Ulam, of the entrance hall. Chatzar Kineget Azara, or a courtyard that's similar to the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. Shulchan Kineget Shulchan, or a table that is similar to the table of the Beis HaMikdash. Menera Kineget Menera, or a Menera, like the Menera of the Beis HaMikdash. Aval Aisa, turning the page now, Aval Aisa. You can make a, a Menera with five or six or eight, but not with seven. Meshal Sheva, seven you should not make. Avilu Shal Sharmine Matos, even using other types of metal. Right, because technically speaking, and we know that the, when the when the Hashmanayim when they came back to the base of Mikdash, indeed, indeed they did not have a manure that was made out of gold right away. So even if you're using other materials for your manure, it still could be a, a complete replication of the manure in the base of Mikdash. So you're not allowed. To even a wood one, you're not allowed to make it. As we find that the kings from the house of Hashemunayim made it when they first got on the base of Mikdash back, right from the from the uh, Seleucid Greeks. And at that point, they weren't able to provide a golden manera. Amrulay, they said to him, "Misham raya." From there, there's a proof. Shpudin shabarasal hayu. The the shpudin, which literally means spits, right? The like the that's what we talk about in Sachem. We talk about not using the spit to you know what type of spit they had these uh, iron spits, and then they put this tin on top of them. When they became more wealthy, they made them out of silver. Then they became even more wealthy, they made them out of gold. And you're allowed to make, are you allowed to make a, a likeness of a shamus, of a attendant of Hashem, of which it is impossible to make copies, right? Is that indeed allowed? In other words, if you can't make a sun, right? You can't take solar gases and, and put them together. That's true. But therefore, it's permitted to make a different representation of a tanya. Don't make something that is in a, a, a semblance of the 
of the of the uh, luminaries that serve with me on high. The only forbids if you're going to make four likenesses, the likenesses of the four faces that are on the in the Meiser uh, Merkava in the the famous vision that Ezekiel the Cheskel has. Can't make those four four faces together. If that's so, parts of Adam history. Well, then indeed, then you're should be allowed to make a face of a human. You're allowed to have a statue in your house of a human. You're not allowed to. I love Tanya, but we learned that Raisa, Kolavat, Sukhais, Mutar, and all faces are allowed to be made. Chutz, parts of Adam, you're not allowed to make a face of a human. According to some people, you can't have dolls in your house. Some people will break the ears, they'll break the nose of a baby's doll, because otherwise, quite creepy looking. Because otherwise, it might be a problem. Indeed, uh, it's not so simple. The Chayadu comes along and, and says why today we're, we're allowed to, but it's not so simple. Mipirke de Abaya Shemile from the from the lectures of Abaya I heard Le Sasun E T Le Sasun OC. You shall not make with me. The implication is don't make me. And since God, since we are made in the most Alekim, right? You know, as we see right at the beginning of Bereshis, right? So therefore the human face is what's not allowed to be made under any circumstances, right? Incredible how the Gemara seems to be making a drasha that when we says that we're made in the form of Hashem, it's not just talking about the intellectual to some extent. There is an implication that our physical form has some sort of a mirror to Hashem. Now, to be absolutely clear, the Rambam would say it is heretical to think that Hashem has any sort of a physical capability. But the fact that the Torah uses a language that implies that we do have a, semble, a resemblance to Hashem, therefore it's forbidden to make us because we do have this some sort of a connection as far as the Torah is concerned. Is it indeed permitted to make other representations of other servants of Hashem? Don't make the likeness of his attendants who serve in front of Hashem on the high. The Torah only forbids that are in the upper spheres, that are in the seventh Shemayim. But those that are in the lower spheres, such as the, the sun and the moon, are they permitted to be made? You're not allowed to make that which is in the heavens. To include the sun, the moon, the stars, and the constellations. From above, the rabbis, Malachi Asharis, to also include you're not allowed to make a representation of Malachi Asharis, the ministering angels. So indeed, this should be forbidden. When does it say that? The entire prohibition of making these likenesses of the, of the luminaries is only when you're doing it for the sake of serving them. Well, if it's for the sake of serving them, then even if you're making a tiny, a tiny little creature, it would also be forbidden if it's for the sake of serving it. In Enachanami, indeed, that's true. The Tanya will learn to write Sheba Aretz, that which is in the earth. The Rabbis Haramigavais Yamim Unahares Afikim Begayais. This includes in it Haram, the mountains, and Gavais, and the hills, Yamim, the, the seas, and the Hares, and the rivers, Afikim, the streams, Begayais, and the valleys. Mitachas from underneath, the Rabbis Shoshal include even the tiniest little creature. But is making them alone allowed? But Tanya will learn to write, shall not make with me. Shall not make a likeness of my servants who serve before me. Such as the sun, or the moon, the stars, and the constellations. It was different because somebody else had made it for him. So a non-Jew made it for him, and it was only made for the purposes of, of checking 
what the witnesses saw, and it was not made for the sake of Abu Dazara, and therefore it was permitted for him to have it. But Rabbi Yehuda, the Achir Masle, Rabbi Yehuda had something that was made for him. It was a some sort of a, a parts of on a a, a a figure on his chosem on a signet ring. Someone else made it for him. Amalei Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel said, Rabbi Yehuda, Shinna, you sharp one. Rabbi Yehuda was constantly called the Shinna, the sharp one. He was clearly very, very bright. Put out this one's eye. In other words, the eye of the image that is on top of your signet ring. Put out the eye. Over there, it's different. Over there, the chaisim, the, the seal, was actually sticking out, as protruding. And the reason why he said you need to knock out its eyes is because there was a concern that perhaps people would think that you are using this for idolatrous purposes. You have a ring for which the chaisim, the seal, is protruding. It is forbidden to wear it on your finger. But you are allowed to use it to sign with it. But if the seal is sunk, is you know depressed and not impressed, then you're allowed to put it on. But still forbidden to sign. But since when are we concerned that we're going to people will think that we are actually worshiping idols? Wasn't there this synagogue, a shul, that was moved and was settled in Naharda? Hold on, just, just one second. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, so if it's protruding, then you're not allowed to wear it, but you're allowed to sign with it. But if it's in an imprint, then you're not you're allowed to wear it, but you're not allowed to sign with it? Yeah, because I think the problem is, what are you going to be leaving when you use it to sign in a hot wax? Right? The, the question is, what do you... Know. Yeah. The question is, are you... It's like bad. You, it's not great to sign with it. Like you can't do it physically, or is it like usher to sign with it because of some? Oh, oh no, no, it's usher. So basically, the, the question is like this: when something is uh, built up, like I'm trying to think of how to show it with yeah. my finger. When you're left with something that is built outwards and not into the, and not depressed, yeah. but um, not recessed, but uh, but impressed. Um, I'm not sure what the word is. Yeah, but whatever that word is. That is something that's more likely to be used for the dara. So it, it just happens to be if you have something that is impressed, a ring that is a, with a seal that is impressed, then when you push it into the hot wax, it's going to leave behind a, a built up thing. If you have, uh, it, it, sorry, if it's impressed, it will leave behind a, which one's impressed actually? It's impressed about about convex versus concave, right? Yeah, concave versus, yeah, convex, yes. Oh, yes. So if it if it is concave, and now I'm forgetting which concave means it goes inward, right? And convex means yes. Yeah. Okay. So if it's concave, then that's permitted to wear. But if you use it to make an impression, it would actually it would build a convex impression, and that would be forbidden. But if it is if it is convex, you're not allowed to wear it. But if you actually happen to use it to make an impression, that would be okay because that's not something that would be that would yeah, be a reason. It's not as yeah, bad. Okay. So the Gemara says, right, the, the first wide line. And are we concerned that people will be suspicious? Is that something we're concerned for? But there was this Bekinishta, there was this shul that was moved then by and was settled in Narda. They have a and it had an Andarta statue of a king. And Rav and Shmuel and the father of Shmuel used to go in there to pray. They weren't concerned that people would think that this is a Sara. The Chashada Ravim Shani. The, if the situation that people are being done in, in public in front of everyone, then we're not concerned that people will think that that's what they're doing because it's so obvious that no one would do this unless they were completely, completely, uh, you know, um, given over to that by desire. And no one will think that they're doing something in public. When you see someone doing something in public, there's this automatic assumption that this is a respectable behavior because the, the idea of the social capital that would have to be, uh, you know, um, ventured and, and betrayed almost or given up on 
to do something in public that everyone disapproves of, well, clearly that must not be what they're doing, right? Your, your eyes must be must be lying to you, right? So therefore, there's not as much of a concern. Something that's done more privately, then there's more of a concern. When he was had these uh, impressions to show the witnesses, he's a yachad, he's an individual. Indeed, you're right, he does this in private. But however, since he is the priest, not the priest, I'm sorry, since he is the, the prince and, and the, the leader of the entire Jewish people, the governor, right? So then people would always be found there with him. If you want, we could also say that it was drawn in Prakim. It was not a complete likeness. It was like different sections. So like on one part, the moon was like here, and then there was another part of the moon over here, and like you had to put them somewhat together, but even so, it wasn't one full representation, right? You got a sense of what it looked like, but there was something missing. Another version is that he did it for the sake of studying it. It's written, you're not allowed to learn to do, but you are allowed to understand it, to, to learn it, to understand and teach. This is a very, very important halacha. This has a lot of uh, relevance for when it comes to studying the Svarim HaChitzenius, right, without getting into that whole topic. But in terms of uh, philosophy, what the different different uh, positions were, a lot of that is based on this idea of when you're allowed to learn other other um, uh, religious studies and things of that sort. Let's just finish with this Mishnah. The time once came and the two witnesses come, and they say, they saw it in the morning in the east, and in the evening in the west, right? This doesn't make any sense. This is, this is the opposite of what should be happening. They must be false witnesses. Once again, seems to be doing something counterintuitive, accepts them. They said, they saw his proper time. And then the day in which it should have been the new moon, totally. Right? And they saw it already on day 30. And now they're saying day 31, they didn't see it. They accepted their testimony and said that the 30th day indeed was Shredesh. A beautiful, a beautiful mashal, really great metaphor that will remain with you. How can you give testimony about a woman that she's already given birth, and then the next day you see that she's still completely pregnant? Does it doesn't make any sense. Rabbi says, I agree with what you said. sends Rabbi Yeshua, is the Nasi. And as we learned previously, it is up to the and the Nasi to determine when it is the new moon. It's in their hands. Rabbi Yeshua says, I agree with the wisdom of Rabbi Daisa ben Hyrcanus. And Rabbi Gamaliel says, this is unacceptable because you have to understand and recognize and submit to the power of the supreme uh, leader, not, not Stalin. Kizrani Alecha, I've decreed upon you. According to you, Yom Kippur should have been on day 11, which according to, according to Rabbi Gamaliel would be day 11, according to Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Chetesa ben Arkinus, it should have been day 10. He said, I am going to you that this challenge cannot be left alone, and you have to come to me on what you consider to be Yom Kippur, holding a stick and holding your money. Halacha Matzah Rabbi Kiva Mitzdaya. Rabbi Kiva goes to Rabbi Yeshua and sees that he's in a lot of pain because he's going to have to violate on, on, uh, on Yom Kippur. I can teach you from the Torah that everything that Rabbi Gamaliel did, once Rabbi Gamaliel declares it holy, it is over. This is the time of Hashem, the holidays of Hashem, the meetings of Hashem, that he has decreed them. Whether it is decreed, whether it's been decreed, not at its time period. There are no appointed holidays except for these. So he tried to make him feel good. He comes to Rabbi Yisrael, Yeshua comes. 
if we argue with the decision of Rabbi Gamliel, we're going to have to then question the decisions of every Bestin. We have to recognize that there is the concept of Losasur, that we follow the Supreme Court. And therefore, we, we call into question all of the decisions that have ever been made. She never says, And they got a Moshe Aaron, and the 70 of the elders of Israel. Why don't we mention the names of the elders? That any time you have three people who have stood up as a Bezdin over Kval Yisrael, they become like the, the Bezdin of Moshe. Right? And that's obviously assuming that there's, uh, they're doing this with the proper intentions and that they have some level of smicha, right? Just because three people declare themselves a court, I'm thinking of the RA right now, doesn't mean that they actually have any sort of authority. Not indeed takes his staff and his money on his hand. And he goes to on the eleventh, which should have been, which is really Yom Kippur, according to Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi stands up and gives him a kiss on his forehead. Amalei says to him, Listen to this wisdom. He says, "Come in peace, my teacher and my student." Rabbi indeed, you are my teacher. You're wiser than me. And I'll acknowledge that. But you're still my student because you accepted my words. So he's trying to be a Matthias. He's trying to appease him. This is not a power grab. There wasn't a power grab on Yeshua's behalf. And it wasn't a power grab on Gabriel's behalf either. He wasn't asserting his power for his own sake. He was saying, listen, the fact of the matter is I am the Nasi. And it has to be understood that the Nasi's word, and particularly when it comes to Rish Chodesh, is sacrosanct. There was nothing that could be gainsaid over here. And therefore, I had to establish this, even in such a in not, not pleasant way, right? To make you feel like you have to violate your Yom Kippur. But I, you are, I want to be clear, you're smarter than me, but you're still my student, and you're also my student because you have accepted my words as you should have. Okay, so we're going to stop over here. Okay, Thanks. take care, guys. Be well. I hope you oh, have a nice you. time over the next little bit. And we'll pick up again. Enjoy, yeah, enjoy the wedding. Okay, thank you, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.